Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the, the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my... Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Meundies. Comfort. From the outside in. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes. I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll, oh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl Mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, 
so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's good to hear you say that again, Pace Case. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good to be back. Uh, how was Clues Week? Oh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, I tried some experimental things. I did a call-in show. I had an interview with a Forbes reporter. Oh. And I thought they both went very well. Fancy. Yeah. I really liked the call-in show. Had a lot of good callers asking a lot of interesting questions. The call-in show took place on the day that Colton came out on Good Morning America. So we had a lot to talk about. And of course, we'll be talking about that a little bit more later in Bachelor Nation News. But yeah, I think Clues Week went well. And at some point, I'm going to peace the fuck out for a week and it's going to be Pace Case Week. And I'm very excited mm-hmm. to see what happens during that week. <laughs> I'm just going to narrate myself playing Pokemon Go at <laughs> the Americana. <laughs> it's an hour and a half of you just being like, oh, got another Bulbasaur, got another Charmander. It's sustainability week, which is really interesting because 
your catching grass Pokemon, but also all the trash Pokemon are out. Anyway. Interesting indeed. <laughs> I can't wait for Base Case Week. Holy shit. <laughs> Everyone's really going to be... get Start getting excited for that now, honestly. <laughs> if you don't have Pokemon Go on your phone, download it in anticipation. You better be level 40 by the time Base Case Week happens. It takes a lot to get to level 40. It takes oh, a lot of solid hours of your life. Are you level 40? Um, of course. As am Wait, I. I think I might be. I think I just got to 41. Hold oh, on. I didn't even know that was possible. Stop they the presses. The level I'm at 41. They, yes, they increase the amount of levels that you can do, but they're all astronomically difficult. Oh my then God. Then they get harder and harder. It's really crazy. You're pulling me back um, in. <laughs> Don't tell me these things. <laughs> I know. Clues, you forgot to mention, by the way, that you had purchased a Mr. Mime with your actual money from a stranger. I really feel like that should have come up in the interview, but. No, I just traded for him. But it was like a. Oh. A kind of drug deal scenario where I had to like pull up and meet a complete stranger on a street corner in downtown Los Angeles. But I did get that Mr. Mime. My entire first series of pokemon mm -hmm. are complete i have that whole pokedex you really buried the lead there sorry <laughs> but then i gave it up it was too much uh anyway this this podcast is this slowly is gonna turning be... into pokemon go podcast every fucking <laughs> episode <laughs> i've really held a lot of restraint and just this week i got back from vacation and i was just like fuck it this is going to be an especially loose twibbon because clues and i both got covid vaccines today so our bodies are slowly entering paralysis and we are double dose dimension as we speak and our genetics are altering we are becoming something more than human but that will not stop us x-men something like that we are mutating but that will not stop us from bringing you this week in vaccination this is our thursday episode so you know what it's going to have within it we are going to give you all of the news that happened in vaccination this weekend there was a lot of it we are going to give you the top parasocial plays of this week. And one of them might have to do with that song you heard up front. That was Moolah to La Luna by, listen to your hearts, Natasha Besses. And she released a music video for it this week that we're definitely going to be talking about. We are also going to give you our screams from the pit. Spoiler alert, it's sexy. <laughs> we're also going to give you our screams from the pit. And of course... We are going to be taking a strange journey into an alternate dimension later in this episode. But before we get to all of that fun stuff, first, we must open This Week in Bachelor Nation as we open all of our Thursday episodes with Game of Roses. State of the World. Former police officer Derek Chauvin was convicted of murdering George Floyd on Tuesday, found guilty on all three counts against him, one count of manslaughter and two counts of murder in a Minnesota criminal court. This comes 330 days after the killing of George Floyd last May. Since then, millions have witnessed the murder due to the fact that a 17-year-old bystander, Darnella Frazier, filmed it which led to global Black Lives Matter protests against white supremacy, police brutality, and a broken system. The uprisings around the world in the past year have transformed public thinking about what our society could be like 
and made ideas about envisioning new systems, defunding the police, and abolition more mainstream. This conviction of a police officer in the United States is extremely rare. According to the New York Times, the chances of a killing by the police leading to a murder conviction in the United States is currently about 1 in 2,000, with only seven murder convictions of officers for fatal police shootings since 2005. Chauvin will be sentenced by a judge in about eight weeks. CNN's front page headline today was how Minneapolis police first described the murder of George Floyd and what we know now. They described the Minneapolis police press release on May 25th, 2020 with the headline man dies after medical incident during police interaction. They describe how the press release used a mix of passive language, blatant omissions, and a mangled sense of timing to obscure Derek Chauvin's role in George Floyd's death. So much has happened since that point that reading this state-sanctioned gaslighting back is truly stunning and makes you think about all of the different police report descriptions of various quote-unquote interactions and how inaccurate and biased they are in order to protect cops and how many, many injustices occur that we don't even know about because they're not filmed. And the perpetrators are writing all of the stories. It took so much to get this one result, and even since then, many people have been murdered by state-sanctioned violence, including a 7th grader, 13-year-old Adam Toledo on March 29th in Chicago, 20-year-old Dante Wright last week, and a 16-year-old girl, Makia Bryant in Columbus, Ohio, just 30 minutes before the Chauvin verdict came out. Presumably, these new cases will follow the previous overwhelming precedent of no murder or manslaughter convictions and the current carceral police state continuing to disproportionately harm, murder, and incarcerate more than holding its agents accountable, including for the murders of Breonna Taylor, Michael Brown, Philando Castile. Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Freddie Gray, Daniel Prude, and countless others. There have been many different reactions to the rare conviction and discussions of whether its consequences delivered accountability and or justice. Black Lives Matter wrote a post yesterday on Instagram, in quotes, 330 days to confirm what we already knew. 330 days of reliving the trauma of George's murder, fearing that the system would let us down again, and mourning so many more that we lost. For a murder witnessed by millions, this isn't proof the system works. It's proof of how broken it is, because it took us this long and this much attention. Until we have a world where our communities can thrive free from fear, there will be no justice. The Black Chilorettes are calling for support of the Breathe Act, created by Congresswomen Ayanna Presley and Rashida Tlaib, which calls for a radical reimagining of public safety, community care, and how we spend money as a society including divesting federal resources from incarceration and policing, investing in new, non-punitive, non-carceral approaches to community safety, which center the protection of black lives, and allocating money towards healthy, sustainable, and equitable communities. We have no cutesy transition for this state of the world to Bachelor Nation this week, though it is certainly connected. It has been a very heavy week, and we hope that this movement will continue to affect massive change. We don't really have much more to say about this. Obviously, this is an important step taken in the right direction to convict Chauvin, but so much more work needs to be done before anything is fair or just in this country. And rather than dwell on this news, we thought we would uh, take the opportunity to move into the main meat of our podcast and hopefully 
give everybody listening a couple of things to laugh about and we can just cover some lighter fare, some of the Bachelor World stuff. So we're now going to move on. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, P.P. and Dustin Kendrick debuted their new podcast, Bachelors in the City, this week. The first episode covered topics including their initial impressions of living in New York as recent transplants, what the dating scene has been like, and how listeners can contact them with topics for future episodes to, in quotes, keep that engagement up. As Bachelor Nation podcasts go, Bachelors in the City isn't half bad. Kendrick and Popeye have a fantastic rapport, and although the (laughs) topics in their first show were a little generic, you definitely get the feeling that these two guys will be able to anchor a show, especially once they start getting some big-name guests from within the nation, which I assume will happen pretty soon. Bachelors in the City is another podcast in the ever-growing sea of Bachelor Nation podcasts, but it seems like this one is really off to a good start, and we are all still anxiously awaiting the long-overdue Eyes of March tea that Popeye promised us last year. Perhaps his new podcast is where that prophecy will finally be realized, but congratulations to Derek and Popeye on this podcast. I, I've listened to all the Bachelor podcasts, and I gotta say, especially for a first That's show, impressive. had to be done. For a first show, it's way better than some of the other Bachelor Nation players who have put out podcasts. I won't name names, but this one is like, it's pretty well done. I really like their, um, their kind of vibe together. Like you get that they are really truly friends and they're just kind of like shitting around talking on this thing. It, it makes you feel like a good podcast should, that you're sitting in the room with these two people just like having a conversation where you don't participate. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually shocking i have not listened but that is not the vibe i would have anticipated based on uh popeye's instagram live stories of him shoving burgers in his mouth and then vomiting i look maybe i'm just partial to popeye but i liked it i liked listening to him (laughs) and i'm very anxious to hear like what else he's gonna say again this first one was just kind of a generic like introduction like hey it's us we live in new york here's what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks but i think they're going to start getting into some meteor stuff and i think popeye's going to use it to let some stuff out i think we're going to get major tea from this podcast in the future i think it's going to be like a massive source that's not where i thought you were going with this i thought you were going to say he's going to use it to uh promote his music career oh god please they do have a song at the beginning and i don't know who made the song but it's kind of like a dancey electronic type thing <laughs> i don't know Ooh. if it was a popeye original it, or not does it go like this bachelors in the city <laughs> no, no. popeye and dustin kendrick he should do a remix of the popeye theme song i'm popeye the sailor man but it'd be like i'm popeye <laughs> the bachelor pilot i'll listen once they get sweet nums on oh you know that's coming sweet nums is chomping at the bit she's back in that house in calabasas just like when am i going to be on your podcast peter Come on, bud. Get me on the podcast. Bud. (laughs) Bud, I need my own segment, bud. (laughs) Sweet Nums, you're not a bachelor in the city. (laughs) For the hundredth time. This is how I imagine this conversation. 
But oh no, it was not not bad. Not a bad debut. And I'm anticipating good things from this podcast. Time will tell. And our next item of Bachelor Nation news is a double dose. Not of the Moderna vaccine, but of Popay. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You thought starting a podcast was enough for Popeye, but you were mistaken, (laughs) you fool. The scar-headed... Jesus. The scar-headed pilot-turned-children's book author did manage to spill a little tea this week in an Us Weekly interview. The 6'1", 29-year-old roommate of Dustin Kendrick revealed that while in game, producers... This is just laughing at me. Producers were known to lurk in the shadows just out of players' eyelines to give them kissing prompts with their phones. Apparently, producers concocted a protocol that involved them holding up their cell phones with the word kiss on the screen so so Poopin could see the word while he was talking to a player during cocktail and after parties. Pretty, pretty PP would then take their cue and go in for the kiss. We've always known the producers control the important aspects of the game. The rose ceremony order, who gets to go on group dates, how many openly racist players will get cast per season, etc. But we never knew they even control the timing of kisses. This is something no player has ever revealed until Popeye, which has us wondering... (laughs) If it's uh, off-season energy in this paragraph. (laughs) Sorry. This is something no player has ever revealed until Popeye, which has us wondering if it's a new tool in the producer's toolbox, and how much further can they press their absolute control of the game? Beautifully read. And how, how much control do they fucking have? This was crazy to me. This was kind of like a little blip in the, the broader Bachelor news cycle that producers are literally standing behind a player. Like if he's in a one-on-one, let's say that he's talking to Sluss on night one. They're standing behind her head so she can't see them, flashing up their phones to say kiss to prompt Popeye to go in for the fucking kiss. And how many of those prompts are there? It's kiss? Are there tears? Does it say PTC now, please? The level of control they have over everything is now, to me, I believe, absolute after hearing this. What are they not controlling? What is left up to the lead or the player? It seems like nothing at this point. This is absurd to me. Do you think they just did it for pee-pee? Ooh. Ooh, poor (laughs) pee-pee. He needs help with knowing when to kiss and stuff. It's harder imagining them doing it to Matt James. Well, I mean, we know that this type of a thing probably, I mean, shit, did it exist before cell phones, before the technology, before a smartphone? Did it exist back in the the early aughts? Index cards? Yeah, they were just like <laughs> flashing up cue cards. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we would have heard of it by now, but maybe it's a new thing they're trying. I think it has to do with the post-Elon Gale era where producers are vying for that top spot any way they can. And so if your player is the one who's sitting there, that producer is going to be like flashing up the kiss thing. So Popeye's like, okay, I'll lean for a kiss. And now my player got a kiss. She's going to get that screen time. 
she's elevating her chemistry game. I think it's maybe a symptom of that. Mm. But I don't know. I just found it very interesting that he's willing to talk about this type of shit. And that is also why I thought his podcast is going to be good coming right up. Speaking of good things coming right up, Eric Bigger and Onyika Ihi are in the news this week. Bigger was a player in the historic season 13 of The Bachelorette, Bachelor Winter Games, and season five of Bachelor in Paradise. And Ihi was a player in season 23 of The Bachelor and had a brief run on BIP season six that ended in a self-elimination at the Rose Ceremony. These two Bachelor players have found another chance at reality TV fame in a new show on music television called Match Me If You Can. The show makes pairs of various personalities from other reality shows for a chance to find love. Bigger and Ihi are joined by Too Hot to Handle's Harry Jowsey, Love Island USA's Kira Green, Ashley Brooke Mitchell and Natalie Negrotti from The Challenge, Kylie Smith from Are You the One, and The Circle's Joey Sasso. Oh my God, I've watched all of those shows. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen pieces of most of them. And the hosts of this reality dating mix and match, well, it's Lauren Speed Hamilton from Love is Blind, who currently has 2.3 million Instagram followers. It's always interesting to see players from our beloved game graduate to screen time in other franchises. We wish Eric and Onyika well in this next leg of their journey to find love and fame on reality TV. Do you believe this show will be successful? I mean, I'm interested. I'm also curious, is Onyeka going to bring in some of her previous branding, her signature whistle to interrupt discussions? Mm, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm curious to watch it, too, to see how much branding any of these players bring in from their prior reality TV careers. I'm also kind of interested in the format of this. I don't know much more about it other than they pair up these reality stars into couples. But are they doing, like, games against each other? Is it like a Love Island kind of thing? Is it more of a Bachelor in Paradise where it's just a kind Mm. of free-for-all mix-and-match date who you date and you have to have a partner by the end of each episode or you get kicked off? I don't know exactly what the format is and i'm curious to see what they've come up with for it i mean there's been um cross-pollination of reality shows before like x on the beach stuff like that but i feel like it's increasing more and more i saw that a woman from too hot to handle is one of the people on the this new season of the circle Hmm. that's pretty interesting yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to watch this. I'll give it an episode or two just to see what the format is. And if it's good, I'll keep mm. watching it probably. I like Eric Bigger a lot. I do too. Our next piece of Bachelor Nation news involves someone you might only know by his Instagram handle, Baylock Eye. The mayor of Stagecoach took to Instagram for a Q&A Tuesday in which he was asked if he thinks The Bachelor will last forever. He accurately said nothing lasts forever, and he went further, pontificating that he thinks the Chris Harrison scandal did too much damage to the audience at large, and the franchise will end with Michelle Young's season. The beach twirler's opinion shot through Bachelor Nation like lightning, 
getting picked up by E! News, People, Us Weekly, and all of the usual outlets. Hortzman's prediction is certainly not relying on any actual evidence, unless he plans to blow it up himself. We don't actually know if that's <laughs> he's true. Gonna but true. <laughs> he's going to He's like, I can guarantee it. But we will know very soon if it comes true or not. My belief is that the end of The Bachelor as a franchise is still decades away. I have famously said I believe it will outlive me. But what Horseman has keyed into, though, is a turning point. What the show becomes post-Chris Harrison will have a direct effect on its lifespan. I kind of get what he's saying here. I understand why he thinks that. Blake, a.k.a. Baylaka, has, though, had a very heavy negative opinion of producers, the show, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff in the last year in various podcasts, Instagram posts, interviews, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think this is more of his wish than it is a true prediction. I think he wants the show to end. He's manifesting. Yeah, because he's pissed at the producers. And rightly so. They treated him like fucking garbage. They tortured him. All that said, I don't think you're getting two almost back-to-back seasons of Bachelorette if they're contemplating ending the show. No. I have literally never seen that happen in the history of television where they're like, this show on the verge of getting canceled. Let's order double the amount. What? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it's the opposite usually happens. You get a half order and then you're off the fucking air. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the best shows of all time, only a half order. I'm referring to Bad Judge, the show where Clues and I met. Technically, that was a full season one order, 13 episodes. Hmm. I don't even, do shows even do 22 anymore? I guess some do. At any rate, we'll see what, what happens with Bela Kai's prediction. I just, I strongly I mean, disagree with it. It's a nothing to lose prediction. As you're saying, he has burned those bridges. Mm-hmm. So why not denigrate them? Yeah, it seems to be more of an insult to the franchise than an actual prediction. I think in terms of its predictive power, it's one of the worst kind of predictions you can make. It's extremely specific. <laughs> it's like, it will end on this date. It's like, okay, dude. As a prediction expert. <laughs> we make a lot of predictions. As an oracle myself. <laughs> yeah, we make a ton of predictions and they're all 100% accurate. I'm just giving him some the advice. Yeah, the goracle. I mean, it does, if you can make a prediction that's extremely accurate and extremely specific, obviously that's great. I just don't think he's using correct evidence to make it. He's just, he's basing this off his own emotion, his own hatred of the series and wanting to see it end, wanting to see it fail. Mm. And it's just not happening. It is amazing, though, when Hail Mary predictions do come true. I'm thinking specifically of the vet on a second tour prediction by the Goracle Heather Martin returning. That was that based, was very impressive. It was based on evidence, though. It was just deductive <laughs> reasoning. This guy's not doing that here. He's using no reasoning. Maybe he is planning an arson on the Bachelor Mansion. <laughs> it won't matter. They'll just go I'm somewhere just else. I'm just thinking of maybe he has some evidence. You know what prediction of mine is going to come up and come true that I think will be my most impressive yet is Blake Ooh. Moynes as the next Bachelor. Get ready for that. That is bold. <laughs> I made that prediction a long time ago when we were going I through know. Instagrams for Claire's season. And he's been out of the conversation for a while. Get ready. 
I'm ready. All right. Speaking of getting ready, Bennett Andrew Jordan has made his way into the news this week with an incredible BIP preseason play, the likes of which we have never seen before in the history of our beloved game. The scarfed, ironic Kringler appeared on Ben Higgins and Ashley Iaconetti's Almost Famous podcast this week, where he openly discussed his romantic interest in group date obstacle course cheater Kelly Flanagan. He went further to say that in service of his would-be pursual of Flanagan, he secured an off-season blessing from none other than Pot Pie himself. Jordan described meeting Popeye and throwing back a few shots of tequila before asking him if it was all right to romantically pursue the fifth place finisher from his season. And per Jordan, Popeye was appreciative of the ask for permission and granted it willingly. To our knowledge, this is the first pre-BIP blessing from a former crown to a player in the history of the game, and it sets up a preseason narrative that producers are currently salivating over. Jordan has been taking shots at poor P's cringe crown. Now he's coming for his ex-girlfriend. What's next? A Bennett and Sweet Num slumber party? Bennett is emerging as one of the strongest players from season 16 of The Bachelorette, something we didn't see coming. That is true. The Goracle failed at this one. (laughs) He is maintaining relevance in Bachelor Nation to an insane degree, and I truly never thought we would be talking about a possible power couple between the the scarfed ironic Kringler and the group date <laughs> obstacle course cheater. You know, look, it boils down to this. You hear this time and time again in other pro sports. This is just mm. the guy who works harder than everybody else. He wants it more. Mm. This he's fucking putting guy, in the time. Putting in the time. He's fucking in everybody's Instagrams. He's himself doing constant fucking weird cringe post that dancing around that orange suit in the airport i'll never fucking forget that image that's when i really was like he's the new cringe king pp can't do this pp is he's oblivious to how cringy his shit is but he's not setting up purposeful cringe the way no he's not doing tots exactly cringe tots exactly pp's just leading his life although cringing every once in a while bennett is i do want to see popeye in an orange suit dancing we're going to get Maybe it. With the signature hip thrust. I bet within... You, what? You, we're going to see Popeye in orange suit hip thrusting? How? Within two to three years, we'll all have the technology on our phone to make that video. Okay. Yeah, I can create it in my imagination. Sure. Doing it right now. <laughs> okay. But I want to see it IRL in the secondary world. Which I witness via the primary world <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> Your conduit to the secondary world is the primary world via the secondary world. You're sitting on your couch yeah. in the secondary world, looking at other mm-hmm. parts of the secondary world through a window of the primary world. Yeah, I trust that the secondary world is there through my primary world. It's the only way that you have evidence of it. I understand. But I just thought that this play by Bennett was fascinating to ask for a fucking blessing from a former crown to date his ex-girlfriend who was a player on the show. All of this timing-wise, perfectly setting up a thing now we want to see on Bachelor in Paradise. And the producers are like, well, get both of them. I mean, they're in. Get us the footage of that blessing. I think Bennett, if, I think Bennett is in Paradise no matter what. 
But if he can get Kelly mm-hmm. to come too, and that's the story they're going in with that we're already following, whatever happens, whether they wind up together or not, the momentum of that story is going to get them first round placement for sure. And then the producers mm-hmm. are going to keep them around however they can to try and derail that relationship. They're going to bring in maybe Popeye to try and get Kelly back. They're going to bring in, I don't know who for fucking Bennett, Kit Keenan maybe? I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to watch. And Bennett is really astute at what he's doing here. It, it's just, it's fucking parasocial magic to watch what the fuck he's doing. He's linking mm-hmm. himself to Popeye. Kelly Flanagan. It's just, I don't know. This is some next level shit. He's like a true player of the game, a true student at this point. I'm firmly convinced. I mean, he's doing the practice. He's putting in the practice. He's waking up for those 5 a.m. runs. AKA, he's waking up consulting his suit guy to get that orange suit because Peaches is popular and I can do a creepy dance. And. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I'm salivating too. I want to see him on sand. I agree. What's he gonna do? Cringe. Speaking of sand, congratulations go out to Adam Goschalk and Raven Gates, who on Friday, April sixteenth, were legally bound together until death or divorce. The couple. I mean third option annulment just gotta cover our bases aren't we past that can you always get an annulment is there a time frame on annulment i don't know i don't actually know what i'm talking about (laughs) the couple (laughs) the couple met on the fourth season of bachelor in paradise and after postponing their initial wedding date due to covid restrictions they finally tied the knot in gosh chalks i'm mispronouncing everyone's name this episode got Gotts Chalk's hometown of, you guessed it, Dallas, Texas. Gotts Chalk was primarily remembered for being forced by producers to carry a child-sized mannequin during his time in game that he referred to as Adam Jr. And Gates was most remembered for the first orgasm montage that occurred after her fantasy suite date with Nick Viao. We wish the newlyweds happiness and success in their lives and relationship. And we hope that Raven will love Adam Jr. as much as she would her own fake child. This is a power couple now. They weren't married Mm -hmm. in the document as some of the other power couples were, but this is a successful now married couple. I'm sure they're going to start a family very soon. And it came out of BIP. They will be put up there in the same tier as a jade and tanner as an evan and carly were as a goose and crystal were oh yeah i was thinking they might be married on sand are we gonna get a sand wedding are we gonna see them in paradise are they gonna name their child adam jr (laughs) (laughs) and they make it wear a mask that makes it look like that mannequin all the time yeah Sure, why not? Fuck it. Adam Jr. has really seemed to disappear from the narrative, but I'll never forget. No, that if I could get Adam Jr., that would be the crown <gasps> jewel of the pit gallery. Yes. I wonder where Adam Jr. is. Dallas, Texas, probably. Do you think he has it, or do you think the producers have it? I think producers have it. I... 
I don't know. Pitt? Help us out. Yeah, if anybody knows the whereabouts of the Adam Jr. child mannequin, let us know. (laughs) I mean, this is, by the way, a tremendous run for someone with such a strong fool edit. He had a literal fake mannequin child that he had to carry around with him, and they would cut to it at the end of scenes. Like It was just like watching everyone on the group dates and shit. I mean, that's the true magic of Paradise. Whatever you were in the main game, Mm -hmm. you get to redefine in Paradise to become any fucking thing you want. Look at what fucking Dylan Barber (laughs) did. Fucking Dylan Barber. Oh, I've been looking at it. Dylan Barber was like, at best, a sidekick in one of the peripheral dramatic dust-ups that happened on his season as a player. At best. Yeah, maybe it... A slight dynamic duo. I who I can't even remember. Yeah, he was a floater with a little spice. That was about it. Mm-hmm. He goes into paradise. He becomes good guy number one. He rides high on a stream of pure 4TRR that is so fucking strong. It gets rid of Bela Kai's attempts to win over Hannah Godwin. He is now... Mr. Hannah Godwin. He has bumped up his fucking Instagram count under hers, just riding those fucking coattails. She's still a giant social media star in the One Million Club. And he's living the perfect life. Every once in a while, throwing out a jab at the show, saying producers suck, fuck you, or whatever. Yeah, Some loose tweeting. That's kind of the pinnacle of what you can do. Or even look at Chris Randone. Goose came out of it with Crystal. They became a Bachelor Nation power couple as a result of their time in paradise. She was a fucking villain. I don't even know what he was. Just kind of like, again, a loose cannon floater I mean, what, type. What Barber and Goschalk did was more impressive because Goschalk was with runner-up. Barber was with first and uh, sort of a de facto runner-up, although Colton didn't really dismiss. He dismissed Tasha and Hannah Godwin at about the same time. Yeah, we'll have more to say in another segment about this particular topic. Moving on. Perhaps the biggest news in Bachelor Nation this week came from the 23rd Bachelor, Colton Underwood. He appeared on Good Morning America to tell Robin Roberts that he is gay. This marks the first time in the history of the game that a lead has come out and the moment has transcended the Bachelor Nation bubble to draw a wide array of reactions from within Bachelor Nation and beyond. While there is support for Underwood living his authentic life, complications associated with his recent stalking of season 23 ring winner Cassie Randolph are ever-present, and the revelation that Underwood's appearance on GMA seemed to have been, at least in part, a for-profit promotion of his new Netflix series has drawn some less-than-positive reactions. The series will feature Underwood being guided through the first phases of his new life as an openly gay man by Olympic silver medalist Gus Kenworthy. A petition has surfaced to cancel this show before it airs, and this petition has already accrued over 25,000 signatures. Time will tell if this show sees the light of day or if the speculation that he might return to the franchise as the first gay bachelor holds any water. But this is certainly some of the biggest news that has ever occurred in the game's history. It's all, it's all very surprising. A surprising series of events, I think, in terms of whether it's holding any water as him being crown again, I think zero chance. I agree with Maybe that. Maybe in a different era. 
I mean, I'm surprised they are even giving him a Netflix show. As far as my understanding for how Netflix chooses their development, it's an algorithm. They look at who are the people involved, how many, what's their social media like, how many people are following them, and if it makes financial sense, if it's like, we know this show that we make, we'll get this many views, they make it. And that's it. That's how they came to this decision, ultimately. But they respond to, like, public cries against problematic things they have before with cuties. I agree. And it may happen here as well. We don't know. Time will tell, Mm -hmm. as we like to say on our program. A short time, indeed, because I assume that show, it's at least in production. We have heard that there are scenes in it where he's coming out to his parents, that those have been shot. So. The footage of it exists, and I'm sure it's been edited. I'm sure that show exists to some degree. Whether or not they stream it is another question, and we'll be watching for Mm. that, obviously, to see what the show is like and what the reaction to it is. But this is a very complicated situation, and the one thing we can say certainly is that it has never happened in the history of The Bachelor before. And hopefully, if there is any good that can be taken from it, it might have opened a door for there to be a little more inclusivity where sexual preference is concerned in our game. Time will tell. Indeed it will. Congratulations go out to Ashley Spivey this week. She is pregnant and she has been openly documenting her fertility journey on her Instagram. So please show her some support. And in closing... We have multiple birthday shout-outs this week. Deanie Babies! Happy birthday! <laughs> the Dean <Real> Man. Screaming. <laughs> I'm doing literal <laughs> shout-outs. The Dean Man turned 30 <laughs> on Saturday. That was a pretty good shout-out. Rachel Lindsay! Rang in her 36th year on this ball of dust on Wednesday. And so did the second biggest Bachelor Nation TikTok star, Danny Padilla. A big happy birthday to all of these stars of Bachelor Nation. May this next year of your life be better than the last. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro. FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel. Because right now, you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. 
Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com slash smart for details. And that wraps up all the Bachelor Nation news this week. Now it is time for us to move into the parasocial arena and discuss a few things that happened in the primary world. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. We're only going to talk about two parasocial plays this week, but they were both incredible. The first one, our runner-up for parasocial play of the week this week, came from our most recent bachelor, Matt James. While he continues his Instagram boycott of any Bachelor parasocial material, he's still submitting excellent Primary World plays in the postseason for our entertainment that we can access on our non-blocked gore accounts. You think you got rid of us, but we have our ways. He took to his Instagram main grid to document a celebrity charity basketball game in which he participated this week. The tournament was hosted by Migos rapper Quavo and was organized to benefit the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. In the short video, six foot five inch Matt James rejects five foot nine inch Justin Bieber's rebound attempt at a slam dunk. In the video, James rebukes Bieber, the performer of one of Pace Case's favorite songs, Baby, and then brings his finger to his lips in a shushing motion. The caption reads, No easy buckets at Justin Bieber, crying laughing emoji. Arms crossed emoji. The video has 267,000 views and 26.6K likes. While this stunning sports slash charity parasocial play further put James in new bachelor-driven celebrity clout on display, one other play took the cake this week. Listen to your heart star Natasha Besses took center stage this week with a parasocial play for the ages. To promote her new song, Mula Tula Luna, she got Mike Johnson to appear as the only other person in the music video with her. In it, Besses and Johnson caress each other in a desert scenario and in a convertible vehicle. They share sparklers together. Their faces are close, always on the verge of a kiss. Just need a bachelor producer to hold up a little screen. <laughs> That's why they, they never kissed in the smiling. video. Smiling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they didn't know what to do. They, they were need like, direction. The, fucking... oh. <laughs> the pair are smiling, enjoying each other's company. Then night falls. Bessas dances in front of the brake lights of their car before the couple enters a hotel room where she straddles Johnson on the bed and Johnson places his hands on her buttocks. In what can only be described as sexy. This was the highlight of the video for me. The moolah shot. The video has 19,502 views on YouTube. It was filmed in Joshua Tree, California. Ring slash music contract winner of Listen to Your Heart, Bree Stouse, is notably credited as a PA. This is by far the best biggest play we've seen from a listen to your heart player rumors are now swirling around the pair potentially dating Bessas on the matter said we had instant chemistry and because of that it was one of the easiest videos i've ever done 
I've had love interests in my previous videos, but nothing ever felt as natural as it did with Mike. Instant attraction, instant excitement. I loved this video. I don't like that we're, it doesn't really feel like we're following an actual story here, but it was very sexy. Do you agree? <laughs> I do. It is a very sexy video. It's a very well done video for what is clearly a budget. They just kind of rented a car and drove, you know, on the 10 towards Las Vegas and stopped somewhere that it was kind of mm -hmm. deserty and danced around and, and got close. That's like pretty much the video. They go into a hotel room at one point. So there's a few setting changes. A couple sparklers. Nightfall at some point. But I thought for the amount of money they put into this video, this is about as much bang for your buck as you can get. And obviously, it served its purpose. The shit was all over Bachelor Nation. People were fucking emailing this. It was on chat boards. Like, it got people's attention. And she's benefiting from it. And like you said, this is the biggest play parasocially that we've seen from anybody on Listen to Your Heart, I feel like. She got Mike Johnson, a huge celebrity from the actual game, to not only appear in her music video, to basically be the co- I mean, they're the only two fucking people in the video. Co it's her and him. Yeah. She's in a couple of shots by herself, but I would say he's in 75% of this video easily. She's definitely centered. She's like grinding up on him and you're, you're mostly watching her, but he is in most of the video. You got that, uh, that Moolah shot, that, that wowie moment of the ass grab. I mean- All I could think in that moment was like, they certainly discussed the ass grab before it happened. I don't know if it was her mm -hmm. idea, his idea, the director's idea. I don't know who came up with the idea, but there was a discussion about it. I don't think you just do that when you're in the moment. For sure. You know what I mean? That, it, felt very, <laughs> it felt very consensual. Yeah. But yeah, I am imagining that discussion in the edit, and they're like, well, we got to lead, we got to build to this moment. Yeah. So an interesting conversation was had at some point. Again, I don't know who floated the idea. I assume it was not Mike Johnson. I assume he wasn't like, hey, thanks for having me in your music video. Mm. So I got an idea, something I want to try. What do you think about me grabbing your ass? I doubt that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it probably came from the production. I don't know, maybe or, he found his fourth queen. Maybe. That's says. But yeah, now there's all these rumors circulating that are like, are they dating? We don't know. And so she gets even more mileage out of that. This is a brilliant, brilliant fucking parasocial play. And by the way, the song is fucking great. I find myself singing it again and again in my head. It's very mm -hmm. catchy. It was the song we played at the the head of our episode here. You can go back and listen to it if I you want. I watched like, Clues watch the video for the first time, and he was dancing. Okay. I was chair dancing. These are minor movements. This is not actual dancing. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. I was Full transparency at gore. <laughs> I was... I, I was compelled too. to move. Um, but congratulations but, to yeah. Natasha Bessez and to Mike Johnson for this incredible <laughs> parasocial offering. I loved it. I'm not that surprised because Natasha Bessez, I did feel, was one of the best listen to your art players. An incredible singer. She was great with the drama and the forced faking of chemistry on stage. She was very good at doing that with that whoever her partner was ryan neal first of all how dare neal, you i'm sorry apologies ryan jesus neal. christ 
But the wherewithal she had here. Okay, so she's got her song. Whoever's making the song with her, whoever's kind of behind the production of it, they got a little bit of a budget. They're like, we can spend $10,000 on this music video, maybe, maybe not even. And they're like, what should we do? And so you have a couple of meetings. 9.5K to Mike. That's how you should allocate (laughs) that budget. (laughs) I don't know if they had a prior relationship or what, how she got him. But to have that idea when you're sitting down to think of what the music video is going to be. To be like, okay, well, we can drive out in the desert. Who should the guy be? Like, obviously, it's going to be a hot video. It's going to be me and this other guy. And we're like, are we a couple? What's going on? It's going to be steamy, kind of sexual. Who's that guy? This could have been anyone. They could have gotten an actor. Mm-hmm. They could have gotten some other social media person. Natasha Bess says, like, got Michael Todd. <laughs> Michael Todd. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh that hard. Sorry, Michael Todd. She knows her cachet is still in the bachelor world and she's going to exploit it so she goes mm-hmm. as high up the bachelor chain as she can get and this is like near the top in my opinion mike johnson is yeah. is one of the luminary figures currently in modern bachelor pantheon and she gets him maybe she could have gotten like a tyler cameron that might have been better at least in terms of instagram engagement but like mike johnson's fucking near the top in my opinion so congrats to her on every element of this, it was just done very, very well. And I hope that she achieves a bunch of success from it. Mula to la luna. Oh. That's not the tune. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was talking to Natasha Bessas for a second. Well, that is the end of our parasocial plays. And now it is time for Pace Case and I to open a tear. In the space-time continuum, and step through into an alternate dimension. This is called Bachelor Alternate Universe. Pace case. This looks like mm-hmm. planet Earth, but something's slightly different. What is it? I'm gonna tell you what it is, and it's gonna it's gonna blow your mind, clues. Please, I can't we understand what's slightly different about this earth from the one we just came from. What you are feeling in the air, the vibes, is we are now in an alternate universe in which Blake Baylockai Horseman never, never went, went to, to stagecoach. I have to recalibrate to this environment. Okay. I've done it. Well, that is shocking news, but now I understand what Mm -hmm. felt so different about this strange earth that we're on. And so, if he never went to stagecoach, what else has never happened? What are the differences we can now expect in this new universe? You might remember in the old old alternate universe he did go to stagecoach and then he then found himself in a series of (laughs) bizarre targeted interactions with bachelor producers and bachelor players other stars were roped into the mix we had Kaylin Miller Keys we had Christina Shulman we had Future crown, Taisha Adams, being asked out on a date against Blake Horseman's will. 
But this was all a mess because it was revealed that Blake had hooked up with Kaylin and Christina on during the same weekend of that year's Stagecoach Festival in April. And Kaylin too, right? Wasn't she in that mix that week? Yeah, Kaylin and Christina. And who was the other one? Hannah? Hannah G? Hannah G. And Tasha. They were all in the mix. Wait a minute. I know we're in an alternate universe, but let me just let me just get the other universe right. Let me just get the details of old Earth correct. He was uh-huh. at Stagecoach. He had sex with Tasha, Hannah Godwin, Kaylin Miller Keys, no, and no. Christina Shulman. No, Kaylin Miller Keys and Christina Shulman at Stagecoach, and he was also having some sort of a prior relationship with Hannah Godwin. Oh, he flew to and her hometown. And then he or ended like up. Yeah. Okay. They had a got it. A tryst. And then in Bachelor in Paradise, he got convinced by producers to ask out Tasha Adams. Right. I remember that. And he was the he was vilified. He was targeted by all three mm-hmm. of those players and turned into an asshole. He's spinning everybody on the beach. Okay, so he never goes yeah. to stage. And Kaylin Miller Keys had established, you know, a lot of empathy for her situation based on her very strong PTCs that she had on Colton Underwood season. Supposedly Colton sort of set her and Blake Horseman up before. Mm. But yes, night one of Stagecoach hooks up with Christina, night two, Kaylin. And we go into Bachelor in Paradise that season, and there's a mess because Kaylin claims that he wanted her to lie about their hookup. Um, but in this scenario, Blake... Maybe he gets a flat tire. We don't know what exactly happens, but he doesn't go to stagecoach. He doesn't hook up with Christina and Caitlin. And then he goes into Bachelor in Paradise clean. Mm. And it doesn't affect his main target, her view of him, Hannah Godwin. And Blake Horseman is able to win out against... Good guy floater Dylan Barber. Hannah G. Dylan Barber squashed Hannah G. Blake Horseman Instagram power couple. And does Blake Horseman have the NDA energy? Insulting producers saying The Bachelor's going to be canceled. All that's gone because mm-hmm. now he's come out of that situation, not vilified by them. He's come out of it and his life is better. He now has Hannah G. Mm-hmm. They are a Dini Babies, Kaylin Miller Keys esque power couple, each having over a million followers, doing massive. They let spawn him take con. a piss. <laughs> That's the big change. Imagine that. He gets to urinate at will whenever His, he wants. He doesn't have <laughs> urinary problems any longer. Does it also affect the Kaylin Miller Keys aspect of it with Dini Babies, or does Kaylin? target Blake Horseman herself? Does she beat out Hannah Godwin? The math of this is extremely complicated, but all of these situations are incredibly interesting in this alternate universe. He was set up from Kufrin's season. He was the heart, he got a heartbreak victimization edit from Kufrin's season. He had that powerful PTC about the school shooting where he took Kufrin on his hometown date and 
people who are in the talk for next crown tend to do very well on Bachelor in Paradise. It's like they're having a mini season of their own. They're generally not vilified like this. Yeah, the producers set him up from the very beginning. They knew about Stagecoach. They were like, we're going to bring him in and bring in all these girls that he was having sex with at Stagecoach mm-hmm. and watch the fucking fireworks. And that's exactly what they did. And I agree with you. He was in talks to be Bachelor. And then they just fucking cut him off at the knees. And I think that's why he's very bitter towards the producers because he knew he was in those talks. He knew he was on the short list. He had that in mind. Fuck, I might have a chance at the crown. Well, I'm going to go on BIP and we'll see how that plays out. Maybe that'll lead to the crown. And then BIP is a disaster for him designed by the producers because of Stagecoach. If Stagecoach wasn't in the mix... His BIP might have been very different. He might be a crown. Fuck leaving with Hannah Godwin or Caleb Miller. He, he might be fucking literally a crown. He might be literally a crown. In that same crown conversation was Sir Jason Tardick. Mm-hmm. If Blake doesn't get that mar on his record, does Caitlin Bristow go after Blake Horseman instead of Tardick? And now it's a Baylockai Bristow dominance. Imagine those twirls backstage at Dancing with the Stars. Or does Caitlyn not get Dancing with the Stars if she's with Blake somehow? Tardic made it happen. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Caitlyn Bristow, Belakai does not work out. <gasps> Tardic okay. is exactly what Caitlyn Bristow needs. A guy who is there for her, who will support all of her endeavors. And yeah, he's got his own shit going on, but his star's never going to burn as bright as Caitlin Bristow's. I don't know that Baylock High can handle mm-hmm. that. I don't know that that's his role mm. in a relationship. I'm not saying that he wants to have a big, bright, shiny star, but he definitely, I, I mean, he's got a podcast. Like, he is pushing his own thing, his own agenda pretty heavily. And I don't know if that works with a Caitlin Bristow. Caitlin Bristow needs a significant other that is a more supporter figure in the relationship than I think Baylock High could do. Okay. He reunites with Kufrin. That's I'm liking. And he's now the co-host of Bachelor Happy Hour with Becca Kufrin. I could see it. Look, I don't know. This stagecoach is an interesting piece of the modern Bachelor era because it is where players go to meet outside of the season. It's where they start developing these preseason storylines. And we're seeing it now happening more in New York, I guess. That's the new stagecoach. But stagecoach is going to reopen. And as you know, Pace Case and I are going to be there. And Baylock High might be there. He might not be there. But had he not gone to this one stagecoach, so much could possibly be different in the modern nation that we thought it was an interesting and fun jaunt into the other universe to have a little discussion about it. We hope you have enjoyed it. And now... It is time to teleport back to the earth we know, where we have dug a deep and bottomless trench we call the pit. We are going to jump straight in it and scream at the top of our lungs about our growing, strange relationship with The Bachelor. And just remember for context, for these screams, Blake Horseman did go to Stagecoach. (laughs) We're returning to the world that we all know. This is Screams from the Pit. My scream from the pit was very easy to come up with this week. As you know, I took a week off the podcast and went to 
The beautiful land of La Quinta. I did not stay at the actual La Quinta resort where The Bachelorette season 16 was filmed, but I was very close. I made a deal with myself before I was going that I was going to take somewhat of an actual bachelor break besides working on the book. Despite my close proximity to bachelor history, I was not going to check out the actual La Quinta Resort and force my friends to take photos of me recreating the Clail meeting, recreating DLH being rejected by Polly as he tried to re-enter the COVID bubble after taking his son Josh to college. I wasn't going to take selfies at the casita where Ed got his clown edited and dynamic duo with DLH. I relaxed with my friends by the pool. But a scream ensued nevertheless. I could not stop myself. I kept pointing out La Quinta bachelorette things in nature to all of my friends. I said, this is the desert where Claire Crawley burned her green dress. (laughs) These are the same mountains into which Claire and Jason screamed their demons and threw their clay tablets filled with emotions and laid in with PTCs. I gave them a historical reenactment of all of the major events of Bachelorette season 16 because this franchise has completely taken over my life and even my supposed off hours. And what was the reaction of your friends to these things? Your friends know that you do this podcast and they know the the degree to which this game has claimed you. I think they found it amusing to a point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And at a certain point, they were like, okay, we get it. We're we're near La Quinta. Like, <laughs> Well, that's good. I'm glad that they were supportive. I don't know. It doesn't sound like such a bad scream to me. Everywhere you go at this point, for me too. You know who I saw, by the way? This is not even a scream. I got my second dose today, as did Pace Case. I can't believe I didn't even say this. I was driving back from Dodger Stadium where I got injected with a DNA-altering virus. <laughs> And I saw uh-huh. on the street, I'm coming down uh, Beverly. This is probably like a Beverly in... Don't tell people where you live. <laughs> I'm not. Beverly's a big street in LA. I could, I could be anywhere near it, and I don't live on it anywhere. Okay. I'm just saying, I was coming down Beverly at about Beverly and Fairfax-ish. Uh, maybe a little east of there. And I see two guys walking, both muscled up, wearing ball caps, no masks on. One of them looks very familiar to me. And I look over and I'm like, holy shit, that's Ben Smith. Are you serious? 100% serious. I can't believe you didn't tell me this. I kind of forgot about that's it. That's maybe the opposite of a scream. It's a hush. That's like a beautiful moment that you just let that happen. And <laughs> I was going to pull over and take a picture of him. And then I was just like, no, I got to get home. We got to do this podcast. But Wait, who was he with? I don't know who the other guy was. It was a non-bachelor mm. person, a training buddy or something. Maybe his gym person. That's what it seemed like to me, like they had just worked out somewhere. But I say this only to say that wherever you are, you may think that it's like, oh, I see bachelor and everything. But the opposite is actually true. The bachelor is always surrounding us, permeating us. It is a part of the world. It is a part of us. And anywhere you look, there is something that The Bachelor has touched, 
whether it's Ben Smith walking down the street <laughs> or the desert where Claire burned her fucking dress. <laughs> these things are real. And your friends may not understand the weight of them, but it doesn't make them less real. You're right in these screams. That is where she burned her fucking dress. That is where Dark Lord Harrison and Ed Weisbrot did their dynamic duo. These are true things. You're right. I inhaled that air. Exactly. The green dress is me. I think it was a great scream. Uh, my scream this week is something you probably saw coming. The Bachelor has influenced <laughs> my artistic output in a wide variety of ways. Mm-hmm. It started with making some memes. Memes are images with text on them that usually convey a humorous idea about a certain subject or event in pop culture. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Gen Z teen. <laughs> I'm Gen X. I have to explain it to myself. I'm giving myself the definitions. So I started out doing all these memes. The memes then evolved into a podcast, which we're now doing as, as we it's speak. familiar. Mm-hmm. The podcast evolved into a book, which we're writing. I have also made songs about The Bachelor. So I learned how to do oh, yeah. fucking music. Self-taught, by the way, not to brag, but it wasn't easy. Why do you think I rated our podcast? Oh, thank you. It's a banger. Indeed. I'm still learning music, but it's an interesting new artistic endeavor for me over the course of my bachelordom. And now my fandom of The Bachelor has taken me to another artistic arena. You see, I'm becoming a fashion designer. That's right. (laughs) Now, for reference, I wear the same outfit Uh, every day. A black t-shirt, black pants, black shoes. Literally every day. I don't understand anything about fashion. Yeah, it's like a cartoon character. But a very cool cartoon character. I mean, one of the best. Obviously, yeah. Cool. I thought that was just implied. Yeah. I, I just don't know anything about fashion any kind of art form that is more design-oriented that serves some kind of functional purpose, it's very hard for me to see the artistry beyond the purpose. So if it's a shirt, its purpose is to clothe me, and that's where my thinking about it ends. I don't really care what it looks like. I care how it feels on my body and Mm. that it serves the function. Same thing with furniture or cars or anything like that. If the purpose of this chair is for me to sit in, I will sit in it, and if it's comfortable, it works. I don't care what it looks like. Same thing with any functional design. Now, we have just concluded our first campaign for a piece of apparel, and we thank everybody out there who got a shirt, one of our four TRR shirts that was available up until the beginning of this week. Everyone should be getting them very soon, and uh, we can't wait to see people putting them on, wearing them to their... Viewing yeah. parties and stuff. Tag us in your season. Instagram story if you're wearing it. Absolutely. And we obviously had some great help from the Dark Seeker and from Ella Tolkien, who designed the image that is on the shirt. We cannot thank them enough for all the hard work they put into that. Praise be Dark Seeker. Praise be Ella Tolkien. But it really got me thinking, well, what's next? We did that one. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. So now what? And a whole array of things started opening in my mind. Entire fashion lines built around bachelor words, paraphernalia, ideas, scenes, players, et cetera, et cetera. And I think I'm becoming a fashion designer. 
I think I'm taking on yet another <laughs> artistic endeavor in service of the fandom of this fucking show. And I'm like, where is the time? I don't have the time to do this. And yet I can't help it. My brain is spinning out of control on other pieces of apparel mm-hmm. related to The Bachelor. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that you are just like uh, our boy Popeye. You know, you just put a career idea out into the universe and it will manifest. Well, this one's going to manifest like he itself. he will become a DJ. I, I believe he will become a DJ. And I believe I will become a fashion designer. That is happening now. So everyone, be on the lookout. There's going to be some more stuff coming out by way of shirts and pants and hats and scarves and glasses, neckties, bow ties, shoes. Bow ties? Yeah. Uh, do you have a, I know you said you don't see fashion as art, but do you have a fashion designer who, you know, you're like, you look at them and you're like, hashtag goals. No, I do see fashion as art for sure. As I do any kind of like furniture design or cars or like, I see it all as art. I see everything as art. There are just some art mediums that like don't, the artistry of it is like, less important to me the functional things fashion Mm -hmm. etc i definitely recognize it as art i know there are people doing high level art in the world of fashion i just don't quite get it you know what i mean like i'm aware Mm -hmm. of the fact that it's not my forte but i think that's about to change that's what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) oh this is a loose scream i mean you are Technically, you are a fashion designer. You designed a fashion. I've worn it. I've worn a Clues original. Indeed. As have I. So, I don't know. We'll see where this goes, but I can definitely feel some artistic impulse starting to move in that direction as a result of my fandom of our beloved game. Will you start wearing different clothes? No. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, yeah. I, I don't care. That my routine in terms of like getting dressed in the morning is literally open my dryer and grab two things and put them on. You keep your clothes in your dryer. The clean ones. So you do you have a dresser? You're just living out of the washing machine. I live out of the washing machine, yeah. Dirty clothes go in the okay. washer. When it gets full, I that's, put the soap in there and I turn it that's on. That's a scream. Put it in the dryer and then pull it out of the dryer. Is it a fucking scream? What am I? I'm going to be folding clothes? You're the only person I know who does this. That cannot be true. My DMs are open. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) To me, the inefficiency of like folding clothes, I I will never be able to do it as long as I live. And Mm. putting them away, it's just like an extra step. All my dishes, by the way, are in the dishwasher. But you have a shelf. Yeah. But if I'm only ever going to I the clean dishes are the dishwasher. I take them out. I use uh-huh. them. When they're dirty, they go in the sink. When the sink gets full, they all go back in the dishwasher. I turn it on. Clean ones are in the dishwasher. And that's how it works. What about when AI can fold your clothes for you? Mm, I guess. I don't feel like it's that necessary to me. If you want to, you know, start wearing our merch. Just kidding. Our merch won't wrinkle doesn't need to be folded. Oh, wrinkles. That's what you're worried about. I'm like, that's something I have never thought about. 
I suppose all my clothes are wrinkled to some degree. Anyway. I mean, I presume that's mostly why people fold their clothes for the wrinkles. Yeah, maybe. More power to you. If you like to fold your clothes, enjoy. I myself do not. But that was my scream. I'm becoming a fashion designer. And thank you for indulging that. And that wraps up this episode of This Week in Bachelor Nation. We hope you have had a good time listening to us. And once again, thanks everybody who picked up one of our four TRR shirts. We cannot thank you enough. You're making Clues' dream come true. A dream I didn't even know I had. A new career. Until this past week. We will be coming back with another episode next Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. We will see you then. And before we go, as always, what is the Dwab at? It has been 6,967 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.